are listening to a Called Collective podcast, where we seek to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. To learn more about the Called Collective, visit our website at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode three of the Coffee and Calling podcast with Griffin Dan. And guess what, Griffin? What? This is our first time that we're actually co-hosting together together. How you feeling? In Give five. me a high five. Boom. I hope everybody heard that. That sounded good on mic. <laughs> sounded good. It feels good. It feels good that we're uh, finally both where God has called us to be co-hosts. Hey man, I felt the spirit of God when you said yeah. that. I know, you know, he's in the room where, where two or more are gathered in his name. There he is also. So Dan, introduce our guest today. Well, we have a very, very special guest with us today. One of the most dripped out, <laughs> legendary people at IWU, straight from California. We got Palarai. Hey, what's up? Paula, can you tell us a few things about yourself and everybody that's listening, um, just where you're at in life right now, what you're doing, and who you are? Yeah, um, I am from California. I'm from San Diego. I grew up there my whole life. Um, Right now, I am currently studying community development and pastoral ministries. So I am in the Kern program, which means I'm like a sophomore and a junior. The Kern program is just um, a accelerated path into ministry, I guess. Yeah. It's a good way of saying it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing. Just living life, I guess. Living by the ocean. Uh, wow. I was about to butcher that line. Motion of the ocean. <laughs> Motion of the ocean. Yeah. Paula, show us the, the pink vans. They're actually or not vans. Not they're converse. Vans, sorry. They're converse. Biased. Sorry, audio. Boom. Sorry and anybody, that, anybody that can't watch the video, she's dripped out with just some like pink vans. Mm-hmm. Platform. Platform. It gives converse. me a couple of inches. And to me, that's kind of important. It is? Goodness. It, kind of. So would you consider yourself as a person that is short? Um. So not really. Oh. Because really? at home, I was, everyone, all my friends were the same height as me. Uh, and then how I got tall is here that? about five three, oh, and then I got here and be me. literally all my friends are five inches taller than me, like at least five. So then I was like, "What is this?" And then this summer on summer ministry teams, I got roasted quite a bit by a lot of middle school boys, and yeah. they were telling me that I was short, and I hadn't really thought about it until a couple months ago. So welcome to the Midwest. Thanks. It's, oh my gosh, it's a harsh world out here, especially well, Indiana. That's basketball country. Yeah. Yeah. I was bred to be 6'6". Six, six. It's, <laughs> it's in the corn. It's in the corn. It's in the corn. Goodness. Well, what I feel like sometimes like taller people, they just get like overhyped and no, everything. Yeah. And just no they get way. too much. They got too much clout just because of their yeah. height. Like when I, like when somebody goes from 5'11 to six foot, it's like this monumental yeah. moment for them. So like for you, we, we say that <clears throat> taller people, sorry, Griffin, are overhyped and everything. What are, what are some things that maybe people have a shorter stature like what what should be some hyped up things about that Small in your mighty. opinion in your Small opinion but mighty. um i don't know I, I can fit into smaller spaces i don't know but you can't reach the top shelf can you i can't that's why you need me around <laughs> or i just get up on the counter that's what i do at my house <laughs> it's like a little kid boom literally i 19 year old but it's okay i still it's jump right. on the counter 
No, that's like one of like the best things about being tall. And it happens all the time when I'm at like Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> As you would not believe the amount of elderly women. Excuse me, Sonny. Can you get that off the top shelf, please? Like, you bet I can. I've been waiting for this all week. Yeah. <laughs> you just did like the cliche. <laughs> like grandma, like, hey, there's, what was the last, did she really say, hey, there's son? No, no. <laughs> it's like, yeah, hey, excuse I, me. <laughs> hey there, kiddo. <laughs> hey, boy. Hey, boy, get get yourself up there. That's right. what they sound like in Frankfurt. That's where I'm from. So, uh, Paolo, we have a question that we like to ask all of our guests um, to start out the time. We're going to get into the calling, all of that jazz and everything. So here's the question. We are the Coffee and Calling podcast. So if you were to have coffee with one person in the Bible other than Jesus, who would it be and why? I was not prepared for this. It's okay. Let the spirit move. Spirit's moving. Ooh. Here we go. I think I would like to get coffee with um, Phoebe. Oh. She was the one, I'm pretty sure, who, like, ran out Paul's letter for him, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think she read Romans to the church in Rome. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I just think, I don't know. Like, I want to know, like, her emotions about that. Because, obviously, like, women were not treated the same. And I just want to see, like, I don't know what that did. Mm. For her and like how I don't know I there's like not much about her in the Bible. Mm-hmm. I'm actually writing my history of the Christian Church paper on her. Nice, Ooh. yeah, great for any, class. For anybody who doesn't know, there's this teacher here at Iwu. Her name is <laughs> Doctor Miranda Cruz, um, and she she's mostly known for she doesn't give tests, but she gives these things called R and R's. And pretty oh, much, Lord. if you're a college student and you're a high school student, you kind of skim on your readings. Well, good luck. She makes you do these writing and reflections where she asks you a question based off the reading, which most of the time you you at least got to give it a good college uh, try to yeah. um, really get it done. And these history of the church papers are really just papers we write about something historically. Yeah. And it's pretty cool. I actually I have an so. R&R due <sighs> today, oh. and I have not started. Yeah, you're good Sorry, luck. Dr. Cruz. I'll I've do got, it eventually. I've got to interject because... I was given a revelation today. That, oh, whoa, um, whoa. I just really feel like I need to share. Come on. Yeah, here. Yeah, let me um, hear. Mostly because of the slander that I've received for liking Folgers coffee. Oh, my gosh. When our esteemed guest today is also a Folgers drinker. I have to. I have to also interject because I'm not. I'm not really a Folgers Classic Roast drinker. Hey, hey. I'm a Folgers Gourmet, gourmet. drinker. And oh. this is purely because I was raised on Folgers. Yeah, it's good. So, I mean, you would find a friend of my parents in Folgers. And I keep saying this. Folgers is not the only coffee that I drink. Pause for a second. Just a, this might be, you know, just a question. Would you say that, like, grew up and maybe, like, you know, and this might actually be something we can go into, but, like, would you say that you grew up, like, within, like, the middle class and everything? Almost yeah. Almost that? Yeah. Well, when I was young, we were, we were not very well off but like my parents like worked super super hard so now we're like pretty well off middle class yeah but did they pay their taxes i assume so they're not really in jail so they're not tax evaders no no, they're not but the proof that they pay their taxes is that they drink folgers they're responsible citizens 
We say that when we look at when we try to match coffee, <laughs> retirement we try account. to match like coffee with people. We're like Folgers represents like the average middle class responsible, citizen. responsible. Yeah. If you're you out know. here drinking Starbucks coffee every day, oh, like yeah. I don't, I don't know if I like really trust your plans for like the future very much. And Starbucks, if we can be honest, is not that great. It's yeah, it's pretty good. <sighs> I have to, but it's it's like if you're sp- if you're dropping like seven dollars on a venti caramel macchiato every day. Your priorities are out of alignment. Yeah. Now hold up. This is a this is a good this is a hot take here, Fala. Like, can you explain why Dunkin Starbucks really supremacy. isn't that good? I don't. I don't know. Something about. <laughs> I think this actually goes into my like dislike for like big corporations. Wow. Because <laughs> I just don't. I don't know. I mean, the coffee itself. It, it's like I don't know. It's okay, but I feel like it's overhyped. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I. It's called like a monopoly almost. Well, you yeah. know, they burn their beans. That's like a thing. They burn. Like, that's why their their roast tastes different and everything. Yeah. Is that they burn the beans and then they like grind them up and all that stuff so they can have their unique taste. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's really like because they have all like the different flavors and everything. They really what yeah. you're paying for is not the coffee. The exactly. coffee that they use actually isn't that expensive. The experience. It's the it's the <laughs> aesthetic. The the aesthetic, but also just like all of like the ingredients that they put in their stuff and everything. Yeah. And yeah, what are you about to say? Before this podcast is over, Dan, before we depart um yeah, this region, the Iowa region. We have to try the coffee beans that are um, pooped out by cats in like the jungle. Where did you even discover these? That? Are I'm sorry, because okay, <clears throat> I saw this thing. It was on YouTube, and it was a uh, GQ, mm-hmm. and it's with two chains, and it's two chains with like the most expensivest, and then there's a bad word in there. But he talks about he tries the most expensive coffee, and he's like the most expensive like medi- like middle ground, and then like average, you know. Mm-hmm. The most expensive coffee beans you can buy are like these coffee beans that are eaten by these jungle cats and then they get like pooped out and obviously rinsed and washed and everything. But for some reason, the flavor just gets like fermented or something. I'm not sure, but I'd be willing to try it. I'm not going to lie. Like you're just kind of like drink it. No, it's not poop, (laughs) dude. It's the beans. Kind of is. How do they get the beans out of the poop though? And they just wash they it off. What do you mean wash it off? I think it's like ocelots or something like that. <laughs> no, like from Minecraft. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but no. <laughs> I have a couple we have, of we have officially, myself though. We've gone too far. We've entered <laughs> Minecraft. <laughs> okay, okay. Recenter, recenter, recenter. Um, Paolo, why don't you just tell us then about what led you first to your call to ministry? Yeah. Sorry, I kind of left that kind of open-ended. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I grew up in a Christian household, so I was going to church every single day, all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But um, not every day. I wasn't there every day. I was there on Sundays mm-hmm. and Wednesdays. But I didn't really make the faith my own until I was about 13 years old, you know, that transition into is this my faith or is this my parents' faith? And it was actually – I was at a – conference at home and um I just really felt like I needed to make the faith mine so I did that and I just remember writing in my journal I was like I think I feel God leading me to start a church in Germany Mm. I'm from Germany um well I'm not from Germany my mom's from Germany but like German culture is like that's just my life um but that was like 
I was actually writing through everything that's ever happened in my life concerning this yesterday. And I was like, whoa, I hadn't even thought like that was even before I got my call to ministry. Like that was placed on my heart like a really long time ago. And I didn't even like realize it. So, yeah, I kind of just went on from there. Um, High school was it was going into my first year of high school. So that was pretty rough. But then um, I attended a missions trip to Mexico um and that was like my first time like ever being somewhere where there was like real poverty I'd never experienced that and it was like insane to me because I live 30 minutes from the Mexican border so it's like something that's like right next to me and I didn't realize like it's two completely different worlds and I just I don't know that was really heavy on my heart on like how unfair that was that like I get to live in like I'm like so lavished with like so many things and like 30 minutes away people are like Mm -hmm. starving and so that really really stuck with me and that was also before I got my calling into ministry but I I was just thinking like from there and I was like I want to do something to help people whatever capacity that is um so went along my life and then at summer camp I was at a young life camp um and that was like literally probably my most insane story ever I started off that week writing down I said God like let me know what my purpose is. Like, Lord, would you please just tell me what I'm supposed to do? I don't know why I was like so obsessed with finding out like what I was supposed to do. I was like literally 14 years old, but I was like, I need to know. And I need to know now. So I I prayed over this and I prayed over this and it was the last night. And I had like, you know, it's like cry night or whatever, when everyone gets super emotional and there wasn't really anything like I wasn't like repenting on my knees and being like, Oh, I like, you know, you know, like it wasn't like super like something heavy on my heart. But then I was just standing there and watching actually some of my youth leaders just pray over one of my friends. And I was like, that, that is so cool. And this is like, literally, (laughs) I literally heard a voice. I know it was God. And he said, you're called into ministry. Mm. And I was like, okay, that's like, am I dreaming right now? But like, it was over and over and over. Like you've been called into ministry. And I sat there for like 20 minutes, like saying, no, like, no, not me. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I'm not supposed to do this. And it was just like the same sentence over and over and over again. And then finally I was like, all right, God, like I'll do it. And like, that was like trajectory of everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. You don't hear a lot of stories about people hearing like the audible voice of yeah. God, like, that's, you know, akin to like having like dreams or mm-hmm. like prophecy to a degree, mm-hmm. um, like actually hearing God's voice. That's so cool. Yeah. It's never happened ever again, but I think that's what I like <laughs> I needed. Yeah. I don't know if I would have trusted it if it came from like an adult or like somebody like telling me or like me, like just like a little revelation. Like that's really what it took for me, I guess. And it might as well have been like God, like yelling in your ear. I mean, truly for how, yeah. for how little people hear yeah. like audible voices. Like when you do hear it, he's like, hi. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, oh. Genuinely. Yeah. Yo, hey, listen up. It's so distinct. Yeah. Too. yeah. Um, and for you, have you, has that ever been like a moment that you've ever looked back to, you know, you talk about, you know, mm-hmm. this audible voice that mm-hmm. just comes and like you hear it and you're like, I know this was the voice of the Lord, but for many of us, we do face doubts as like we go yeah. on into our life. So how does, you know, that moment and everything you kind of talked about beforehand, before that, how has that helped you ever since then as you've guided through college and through the rest of high school with your call into ministry? Mm-hmm. I think, I don't know. 
I haven't really doubted my calling into ministry mm. until actually like recently. But I think that that comes with like insecurity and like also like spiritual attacks. Like I know oh, I'm yeah. called into ministry yeah, because I, mm-hmm. I can look back on that point and be like, no, like there is like without a shadow of a doubt that I have been called into this. Mm-hmm. And like, I just, I need to lean in a little harder and, and trust the Lord and things like that. I think it's also like been a struggle too, because it, it wasn't anything like specific. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, I know I'm called into ministry, but like what? Yeah. Um, if I can speak into that a little bit, cause I talked about it last week on my episode um, like I, I was experiencing some doubts too. And like you said, like it was certainly spiritual attacks. Yeah. Um, and for one of our classes here in the master's program, we have to lead a small group through the chapel office. And I did that yesterday and um, it felt like I was doing what I was created to do. Mm. Uh, so, and I know you probably know it, like it's just going to be temporary. Like yeah. you won't feel like that forever. Um and I know that I'm not done having those doubts. It's going to be my entire life. But I really like what you said. You were you were recounting, you were, you were journaling the other night, recounting your your journey up until mm-hmm. where you are now. Is that a regular practice that you do? Yeah, yeah. I love to to journal. I don't know. I'm I'm very much so a verbal processor. So being able to like get it out on a page or anything like that without like. I don't need to have someone like listening to me speak. Like if I can just write it down, like that is how I, I process things. Mm-hmm. So I do journal like as often as possible. And like also like writing my testimony out, my, uh, my small group sitter in high school, she would have us do it like once every couple of years, mm-hmm. which was honestly so important because you grow so much, especially in high school. Like at least for me, like who I was when I was 14 and 18 is genuinely like yeah. vastly different. Yeah. What would you say is the biggest difference from where you were when you were that age to now? Mm -hmm. I think I like, I don't know, like I genuinely love the Lord now. Wow. Like it, it's something, it's been like obviously like a long process, but I don't know if I really knew the love of the Lord and like what it was like to really love the Lord and like have him with me as like my shepherd. Mm. Psalms 23 is like my life verse. Like (sighs) I, that's what I go back to like in everything, which is kind of basic but not basic to me (laughs) but like having that like the lord is my shepherd and like i shall not be in one like every single part of that passage has just been so formational for my walk with christ so i don't know yeah really being like in love with jesus that was like my greatest heart's desire for the longest time like lord let me fall in love with you and obviously i don't think any of us can really arrive at that point like fully like in our humanity Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's much more than it was when I was 14. <laughs> yeah. Um, just you mentioning Psalm 23. I just want to read it um, real quick. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. 
and I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Amen. Yeah. Thanks be to God. Thanks. Um, I know you were talking a lot about <clears throat> how you've grown since you first got that call mm-hmm. and where you are now. So if you could go back in time and tell your younger self anything you wanted um, about your call, about life, um, what is that that you would tell them to keep them encouraged and to keep them going? Mm. I'd say like just like lean into the unknown Mm -hmm. that's been a big theme of mine like in the past year I guess like there has been a ton of unknowns and um just things that are like beyond my control and um just being able to like recognize that's where God is I think I was I've been talking to some of my peer educator students and like it's hard like you're a freshman you're coming and you're like I don't know what I want to do like I just I don't have any answers like it's confusing but I think the unknown is like the best place to be Mm -hmm. because that's exactly where, you know, God's going to show up. Like you have Mm -hmm. so much space there for God to like move and, and do things in your life. So I would definitely encourage my, my younger self, like lean into that and like be okay in that. Like, that's like, you're actually in like a really, really good spot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That uh, makes me think of like Jesus in his ministry. So many times he wasn't in the big city. He wasn't in Jerusalem very much. And he liked to go, you know, up to the mountain to pray. Mm-hmm. Or he, uh, scripture says that he'd go out to desolate places. Yeah. And um, he was walking in the, st- you know, walking in the storm on the waves. And I like what you said about like stepping into that unknown. Because that really is where Jesus is at. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's where he wants to work. It's where he's going to work. Um, and even Jesus himself was like completely unexpected. Uh, I mean, they, we, the Jews knew um, that the Messiah was going to come, but it, he didn't look anything like what they thought he was going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that word that you've, you've just given to us, just uh, embracing the unknown. That's, I think that's going to help a lot of people um, because this journey into ministry is filled with unknowns. I think yeah. especially now yeah. um, for our generation, as we prepare to go into ministry post like pandemic, yeah. There's so many people who stopped going to church um, because of the pandemic and mm-hmm. haven't been back since. And who knows how ministry is going to have to adapt. And that call to step into that unknown, I mean, it takes courage. Yeah. And that's very, very admirable of you to step into that unknown, mm-hmm. to embrace these those unknown wild spaces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My, um, I think of this, I mean, there's this picture in my house. We've had it since I was like, five years old but my mom brought it home or my dad just brought this picture on the one day and hanged it up on our wall and we've carried it through to every house but it's this picture of this bridge and it's almost like you're on the drawbridge mm-hmm. and you look in front of you and there's like these trees but there's so much fog surrounding it and everything and I remember um whether it was my mom or my dad said this but we were like what what does that mean um and either one of them I just remember them saying um, maybe the picture represents a call to go to where you might not be able to see everything mm-hmm. um, or to walk into the unknown, like what might be on the other side. Um, and the thing is, one of the views I get from that is when I first saw the picture, the trees were not lavish. 
the trees were like desolate. Mm. So you actually think you're going into something pretty scary. But I think when we kind of look at these things in our lives, when we look at the scope of ministry, sometimes it doesn't look like these beautiful like trees. Sometimes it looks like winter. Sometimes it looks like all these trees that are bare and broken. But when we walk into it and we begin to follow ministry, like we said, there's seasons. But we we can walk into something that's like springtime or something that's like literally the dead of winter. Yeah. But whatever it is, God is going to bring us into what he wants for our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and how beautiful that is. And the, the beauty of like, we can't know. Like we're not all knowing. And you know, it's what gets me so hyped anytime I think about this is the devil is not all knowing Mm -hmm. and he's not omnipresent. So he can't be everywhere at once. So when we fall into these lies or these things that he speaks in against us, he really is capping because he can't tell you what you're thinking. He can't tell you um, what, what is going to happen in your life because he doesn't know what's going to happen to you. He's just seen what's already happened to you. So he's just going to use past experiences against you to stop you from walking into the newness of the day, walking into what the Lord really wants for you. And it's not promising everything's going to be good and everything's going to be perfect. But let's not be so also pessimistic, but in the optimism of we are walking into the plan that God has for our lives. So there is going to be these times that it feels like we're thriving. It is going to be these times of fruitful seasons. And there's going to be some desolate seasons. But to know that those can be as fruitful towards us as the really good season, it's like, let's look into the unknown with hope. Yeah. Something like with faith, my my concept of faith has adapted. Uh, probably the last year. Yeah. Um, like through studying Hebrews, and we, I think a lot of people think of faith as this like mystical kind of uh, um, knowledge in your head. Like, you know, something that somebody else doesn't know. Um, but what is it? Uh, uh, faith is, is belie- you know, blind faith. It, it's blind. Faith is believing in what you can't see. Mm-hmm. Um, but not only that, you, you look in Hebrews and, and when the author's talking about all the Old Testament figures who, uh, had faith, like Abraham had faith in God. Moses had faith in God. And what that faith is marked by is obedience. He doesn't talk about the mind state of them. I'm certain they were afraid. When Abraham's called to abandon all of his family and everything he knows, everyone he loves, and to travel to a land that he's never seen before, he just knows that he's called to go. So I'm sure he was afraid, but... He was fa- he had faith because he went, mm-hmm. um, and Moses had faith because he was obedient to God. And I think for me, and for anyone else who's like feeling fear or doubt of the unknown, I mean, going off what you said, but like faith doesn't necessarily mean that you're not scared. Mm-hmm. Um, that you don't have doubts, but what faith is is stepping into that unknown and that fear and that doubt, accepting that you don't know what the outcome is going to be, but trusting that the same person who wrote the story, wrote your life story, the page that you're looking at right now is the only thing you can see, but he's already finished the book. Um, and believing that, 
the end of that story, he's an, he's a masterful author. So the end of the story is going to be good. And we, we have promises of what the end of that story looks like. And, um, I was listening to some worship music this morning. It was a Maverick city. And one of the lines was like, if he, uh, you know, I, I just, it's in Matthew, the verses in Matthew, if he, if he takes such good care of the sparrows and how much more does he love you? Oh, you a little faith. Um, yeah, that's just a word that I felt like I, I should have, you know, I yeah. wanted to speak there, but yeah. Yeah. And even to what you said, um, another artist who's not Christian, um, uh, but this song has, for me, when I sing it, it's become a prayer at times. And there's this song by this guy named Jeremy Zucker oh, yeah. who it's called uh, scared. Um, and literally in the lyric, he's like, I'm so scared but I won't let it get to me. Mm. Um, and this is a beauty of acknowledging the fears, acknowledging what we're scared, but we pray to God, Lord, I know you're with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to use a different word, so I will not dwell in my fear, Yeah. but I will, you know, trust in you. Um, but I just need to tell you that. Um, and for you, Paula, what are, what's the time in your life where you think that you've kind of had to have that moment Yeah. is to have, faith yeah yeah a statement that's like marked my life for the past year is that if it's scary it is worth doing mm-hmm. and I have like had to like think about that like in I mean literally the whole last year of my life has been like insane of like I'm so scared to do this but if if it's scary then I need to do it mm. so like coming to Indiana like not <laughs> in my plans so scary did not want to do it but I did it has been the best thing of my life. Like, genuinely would not want it any other way. And like, summer ministry teams, I did yeah. not want to do it. I was terrified. I did not want to like not be home after my first year of like college. Mm-hmm. Did it anyway. Wow. Literally learned the most I've ever learned in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, just so many things. Like, if it is scary, like it is so worth doing. Also this summer, I got off of social media. I did not want to do that. Like, that was so scary to me. Like, yeah. Not being able to check in with my friends, not being able to, like, see what people are doing, like, not having that at access for me. But, like, it was, like, literally the most healthiest summer of my life. Yeah, come on. And I just think, like, if it is truly scary to you, like, if you think that it is, like, I mean, if there's fear involved, like, it is so worth doing. Like, that is where the most, most growth happens mm-hmm. in the fear, in the unknown. I think even in pain. Yeah. Yeah. Like stepping into that unknown will be painful sometimes. Like you're going to get hurt. Yeah. But you can't, if you, if you just do things that are comfortable and don't make you stretch and doesn't, you know, something that doesn't break a couple bones every once in a while, then you're just going to look the exact same as you've looked this whole time. Like let's say 10 years, 10 years go by and we're doing the same thing every single day over the next 10 years than we did, than we did today would be, Immature spiritually. Yeah. Um, underdeveloped for our careers. And that's when stepping into that unknown and that scary, like you said, like it's worth doing because that's the only time when you can grow. Yeah. Yeah. This, um, to speak more about coming to Iwu, like I was so terrified to come here. And then when I came here, I was still so terrified because I knew nobody here. I knew nothing about Indiana. I didn't know anything about the cold. Like I was so freaked out. And there were times where I would sit in that prayer chapel and like 
begged God to tell me, like, why would you ever bring me here? I mean, wow. I was going through a tough season, um, just like with like relationships and friendships. And I was just asking God, like, why would you bring me here if you weren't going to provide community? If you weren't going to like help me out, like you're giving me nothing. And like having to go through that hard time, I literally would not change it any like for anything yeah. because I have like grown so much from that and it hurt and it sucked. Yeah. It sucked a lot, but I can look back and see like God so clearly in those like first couple months of college here and like mm. now i'm here i have like community i have people like Come i on. feel like i've stepped into the place where i'm supposed to be and like i mean god knew it from the start but i i mean i had to get uncomfortable i had to break a couple bones come on yeah i just think of yesterday um there's these things that we get to do here for our classes they're called word studies um it's really when you take a word from scripture and you just begin to watch how it's used over time um, and through script, uh, how it's used through scripture. And I did a word study on um, the word abandon. Um, and it led me to Deuteronomy 31 um, where Moses is talking to Joshua. And this is almost like the passing of the torch moment for like Moses and Joshua where like Moses is not going to be entering into the promised land with the people. Um, and he's pretty much saying, Joshua, you're about to lead these people into the promised land a land that was actually owned by other people. And as we know from the spies were people that were very big and uh, probably scary. And there was a lot of unknown. They were promised this land and, and calling. We're promised to do these ministry things. We're promised to do all that. But it's almost like sometimes we get at the gate and we're like, oh, that, that looks so crazy. Like, Lord, mm -hmm. like what? I, I don't know if I can walk into that. And he, and he says to Joshua, these like, he says, be strong and courageous for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them. Mm -hmm. And you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and he will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And it's like this beautiful thing of like, I just think of this over your life, pal, is like, you don't know Indiana. You just know it's a place where the Lord has led you. Mm -hmm. And he just looks back at you and said, but don't worry. I, I've already gone before you. Mm -hmm. You're not going anywhere that I haven't been. Oh my gosh. That's just, that's just so, so good. You haven't like, we haven't gone when the Lord leads us in, we're not going anywhere where he hasn't been. Um, and a lot of people, they use that verse and it's one of those verses to be like, you say that out of context. But when we read that context, when we sit there with that and knowing that that God is the same God who's with us today. And as he's calling us into something that he says that this is a part doing ministry and doing the things of God is a part of the inheritance, is a part of the family that we're a part of. It's part of the things that we've been called into. And to know that, man, it can be scary, even though it's promised to be lavish and beautiful and amazing. There's some challenges. There might be some things that we got to sit there and be like, Lord, I, I need to trust you. And I think those are just beautiful words of just like, like even as you saying, like, Lord, like I didn't think this is what I was going to be and everything. And it's just almost like this is like, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Like I, I'm going with you and everything. And yeah, it's just, it's beautiful. It really is. And yeah. And for you, Paula, as we go into that, 
this called collective, what we're doing is that there is youth pastors that might be listening to this, uh, full-time like lead pastors. There might be just any context, but one of the main demographics we kind of focus on is high school students yeah. and everything that have these call into ministries or even people that are college age but haven't taken that step into it. Um, what would be your advice to them? Now knowing what you know, um, what would your be advice to them with the spot that they're in? Mm-hmm. I guess it just like I get all circles back to like lean in, like mm-hmm. <laughs> really truly lean in and like seek out like people who are also gonna like speak into your life because that like I know for me like after I got my calling there were like random people and like even this summer like people speaking like into my life like letting me know my calling like God using people to let like to tell me my calling and so like find people who are in love with the Lord and have a relationship with him and and ask them questions seek their counsel seek their advice they people that know you better than but than you think they do like Mm. my mom tells me she's like I know you way better than you think I do or like even than you do know yourself (laughs) and she's like spoken to my life too like find older people who are going to like encourage you and speak into your life and also just like lean into the scary like listen to like what the Holy Spirit is saying and like sometimes that's just like a little like inkling in the back of your head like oh like what if I went to Indiana Wesleyan what uh, if? And then it ends up on your top three, and then your mom says you should go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's the best time ever. Like just like really, really be in prayer about the thoughts and like the little small mm-hmm. like decisions. Come on, does Indiana does uh, Indiana feel like home yet? <laughs> is it getting there? I think Indiana Wesleyan University. Okay, okay, like okay. You know, <laughs> you're not a, not a big fan of cornfields yet. <laughs> It's just really flat. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's true. There's yeah. like not much for miles. Go to Southern a- Indiana. Huh? Go to Southern Indiana. Yeah, I'm actually going today. Brown County? No, I'm going to Louisville, which is, I guess, Kentucky. That's Kentucky. Yeah. But it's Southern Indiana. Hillbilly. Pretty much, you know. Hillbilly. Good. Are you going with Haley? Yeah, yeah. I am. Well, how can we be praying for you? Mm-hmm. Just with this next school year, um, whether it's certain things with your call to ministry, anything, how can we be praying for you? Yeah. So like I mentioned before, I don't know specifically what I'm called into yet. Um, However, this is a very long story, but I'm pretty sure like missions work is something that I'm supposed to be doing. And I definitely have been running away from that calling Mm -hmm. because it's scary. (laughs) But now I decided that I'm going to like the past week actually is me realizing like, like stepping into that calling. Um, So that and like I'm most likely going to go to Zambia this summer mm-hmm. for a mission trip. So just praying that like if that is the way to go, like the Lord would impress it even harder on my heart and that like I would like really like lean into that. Mm. Yeah. So good. Okay. Well let's uh let's bow our heads in prayer. Father God, I thank you for this time we've been able to spend with uh Paola that uh she's been vulnerable with us. Um given us a piece of herself uh, to serve the future church. I pray that she's faced with a lot of these unknowns that she will lean into what she would tell her past self and that she'd say the same thing to her future self. 
step into that unknown um, with faith. Pray for clarity mm-hmm. <laughs> among the unknown. Um, God, we know that you can give clarity. Um, clarity where it feels like we can't see two feet in front of our face. We know that only you can illuminate that shadow. So I pray that over her now. I pray that you be with her, um, that she grow in wisdom and discernment to know your will, not only for her, but for the people she ministers to in the future. Um, And I pray that she may grow more and more into the image of Christ to serve his church to the best of her ability. Um, and I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And uh, we're going to end with one last thing. Um, this is something that we started doing last week and everything. Um, but we want to just affirm you real quick based off of things we've heard into the conversation and just uh, encourage you. Um, and I'll start and then Griffin. Um, but the one thing that I just... It was just stirring in me as you were see, as you were speaking was was just this nature of like if you seek me you will find me, um, and that's one thing is that from your testimony and everything we heard you just seem like somebody that has seek the Lord and you have found Him hmm. and even that knowing the genuine love of God that comes through another Psalm Psalms thirty four where He says I will taste and see and know that He is good hmm. and when you talk about different things, you can just, like I said, you see this person that has seeked the Lord and he's tasted his goodness and he knows him. Um, which is why I think you've been able to go into all these things through that strength that the Lord has given you go to, um, Indiana, go far away from home, step into summer ministry teams. And one thing I, I've known you cause I was her peer educator, which is like a position where like somebody already at the school gets to help out a um, class of freshmen. And, just hearing, like, I, I remember you telling me just about those struggles, but it wasn't this, like, uh, fake it type of thing. But even in that, like, fear and s- scaredness, you still just had this passion for what you were doing. And even in men teams, you did, the, you, you like, uplifted so many people with just, like, your presence. And I think that is generally because you wrestle with those things and you seek the Lord in those, you know, times mm-hmm. of, like, fear. Um, and the last thing I want to say is just that. Um, because of that, I know who your shepherd is. Mm. Your shepherd really is Christ. And that's amazing. Um, just keep walking into that because he's a good shepherd. And I know you know that. He is. I don't know you super well. Yeah. Obviously, I've sat in a few of the current <laughs> meetings, but I don't know you as well as Dan does. But what I can tell is you're super easygoing, um, very, very easy to talk to. For a lot of people, being on camera and talking into a mic would be very odd. (laughs) Um, But it came super easy to you. And I think talking to strangers would come super easy to you as well. Um, And I just want to speak another word over you. This is from Psalm 37, verse 7. Be silent before the Lord and wait expectantly for him. Because he will show up. Whether whether he shows up the way you want him to or not, he'll show up. Um, So... Wait expectantly because he will. So that's what I say to you today. Thank you. Amen. Well, thank you so much episode for joining three. us today. Episode three and lead us out, Griffin. 
just want to thank everybody for listening to uh, our Coffee and Calling podcast today. All the music you heard was done by the band Caledonia. And you can find them on Instagram at Official Caledonia. And they will also be on Spotify here in the near future. So check them out there. Um, tune in again next week. For episode four. For episode four. Heck yeah. All right. Thank All right. you very much. See you guys. Love you. Bye. In that state of twilight